on cornerofthegalaxy.com. It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Monday, September 13th. The LA Galaxy getting ready for another two-game week. Galaxy will face off against the Houston Dynamo coming up at Dignity Health Sports Park, the only home game of the September games. And then you're going to see them travel off to Minnesota for this weekend as well. So a bunch of traveling, some Houston time. We're going to get you ready for that Houston game. We're going to go over the game against Colorado where they got a 1-1 draw. And we'll tell you why that was a good point. It was a good point. I know you don't want to admit it, but it was a good point. We're going to talk about that, get you all through that. Galaxy News, press conference, all sorts of fun stuff is here today to help me do all that. He's back. He was at World Cup qualifying. They even let him back into the country. It's Mr. Kevin Baxter. Kev, how's it going, buddy? Hey, so what's the over-under on how long it is before I, my picture freezes here on I mean, if, if it was me, I would say like the next 60 seconds, usually we get a pretty good yeah. freeze early on in the in the podcast, right? I mean, we don't usually don't have to wait for it. No, no, it'll it'll happen. By the way, speaking of World Cup qualifying, yes, just over the transom here, some some breaking news. Ooh, breaking uh, news. Okay, ticket prices have been announced for the U.S. game with Mexico, which will be in Cincinnati, not Columbus, the other Ohio city with a C. It'll be in Cincinnati. There are nine tiers. Uh, ticket prices divided into nine tiers. One thousand dollars for tier one. Do you get to play in tier one? Does Greg Berhalter call you in off the bench? Like that's that that's what a thousand dollars is worth to me. Just and and, well, and and I think tier nine is like two forty five. So I think you could. I think you should gas up the corporate uh, corner of the galaxy jet and let's let's go out there. That's I'm pretty sure both of us could cover the game and get in for free. I would. I don't think we need to like take the jet. Nor do we have to pay a thousand dollars though. I mean, maybe we could buy tickets and then resell them because I'm sure they'll go for more than a thousand dollars. You know, once once you figure out uh, on resale, you know they're they're going to play in the MLS stadium, the new MLS stadium. By the way, the next three qualifiers for the U.S. Two of them in the U.S. uh, Two of them home games in Austin and in. Columbus, and then Cincinnati, the Mexico game is in November. Um, all of those in brand new uh, MLS stadiums that opened just this year. So it's going to be that, that Mexico game is going to be in the small stadium in Cincinnati. So ticket sales are limited. It's That's gonna, why it's a thousand bucks. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be fun. It, it'll be uh, it'll be fun to see. I know there were a lot of U.S. fans who are a little uh, on edge the first three games. I think this is going to be long qualifying for everybody. I mean, it's, it doesn't seem like it's going to be easy for any team. Although I will say that I also think that this format certainly favors, um, 
when you look at it, the, the better teams. So I'm right now, yeah. I think it's the U.S., I think it's Mexico, and I think it's Canada. Eventually, as it plays out, the deeper teams, the one with more talent, I think are going to rise up to the top of this. You, you know, I really liked El Salvador, but that, that game with Canada, they did not play well. Um, speaking of uh, the game in Cincinnati, though, I wonder which side uh, Julian Araujo will be on. Will he be playing for Mexico? Will he be playing for the U.S.? Will he be buying one of those $1,000 tickets? <sighs> To sit I mean, in the stands. I, I, the reason I bring that up is because if you remember the second game with Canada when uh, uh, Serginho Dance got hurt, and then uh, Greg Berhalter said, we're probably going to call somebody up. And it started people thinking, well, who should they call up? Who should call up? I happened to talk to Chris Klein the next day about something different, and we wound up finishing the conversation talking about Joanna Rajo. And Chris Klein said, man, remember, Chris Klein played for the U.S. national team, played in qualifiers, and he said, Araujo is the guy they need. He's got grit. He's got guts. He can go down there. Oops, I already froze. He can go down there to Central America and play in that Honduras game. Well, he didn't get called up. And so I asked some people about U.S. soccer about that, and they agreed with Chris. They said, yeah, he he would have really fit in well in that in that team in that game. But they called up Jackson Yule, and the reason is, you know, Araujo is not clearly – decided which side he wants to be on and the word was we're not going to get into whether Jackson Ewell is a better player than Julian Araujo we're not going to get into who would better fit the team Julian Araujo would be a great fit but Jackson Ewell is the guy that we've called up he was on the Gold Cup team it would be a slap in his face if we went around him and called up Julian Araujo so the longer Julian Araujo takes to make this decision um, you know the whole World Cup qualifying for both teams could pass him by and by the way when you were talking about that format for World Cup qualifiers 14 games, you're right, it does favor, you know, it's a, it's, it's a more of a marathon than a sprint, but three games, four of the of the five um, windows, there's three games in seven days, yeah. and you're right, there's squad rotation, mm-hmm. there's difficulties in playing in Latin America, there's the heat, there's going to be the cold when you go play in, in Canada, so yeah, you are going to need 23 players uh, to get through this, you're gonna, everybody's going to play. Yeah, yeah, you're going to need more than that, and they can sort of swap and put some people in too, so that's sort of one of those things to watch as they uh, continue down the path. Certainly the Julian Araujo um, angle is an interesting one. And I, you know, I think everybody I'm sort of in this, which is just wait, just wait, be calm on this one, because I think any sort of, uh, prognostication, certainly I think we thought that Mexico was going to be his destination at one point. It looked like that's the way it was going to go. And I think things have really sort of stopped and he now is going to make a real decision, but you see, how just waiting, Kevin, just waiting a couple months can totally change the outlook because people are saying, oh, Julian Rajo is X number of people deep on that right backside. So really, he probably has a better chance of playing with Mexico. And in the matter of one window, uh, he's all of a sudden it's like, why he should be he should be the next man up. He should be on that bench or he should be playing in some of these games. So um, uh, Julian Araujo is uh, is is a wanted commodity by both Mexico and the United States. Uh, Patrick is saying in the chat room, by the way, Patrick gave us a $5 super chat. Thank you, Patrick. Uh, he's saying that Araujo is currently damaging himself by fence sitting. I think up to a certain point that might be true. He does have to make a decision, Kevin. It does have to come here probably in this October window. And if it, if it's any longer than that, then I think there really is a, a damaging, damaging. Well, well look, what you just mentioned, Serginho Dance did not play well in El Salvador, uh, played a little bit better against Canada cause he was against Alfonso Davies. Um, but, but then got hurt and, and went back with some question marks. Reggie Cannon wasn't even called up. Uh, DeAndre Yedlin, uh, who took Dets, uh, Sergio, Sergio Dets' spot, did not play well at all, got beat on the Canada goal. There is a real opportunity for Julian Araujo if he decides that he wants to play for the U.S. Greg Berhalter told me he did spend some time with Julian and I think his family. They did talk about this. Um, I 
I have heard that that Joanna Rajo's agent had actually requested the paperwork um, to fill out a change in affiliation with Mexico um, because you know he's been uh, with U.S. national team. So we'll see where it goes. But you're you're right. I mean, it was really amazing going into this last camp. It was like, oh, Joanna Rajo is is you know he's going to be carrying the water onto the field if anything. Um, now you could see him starting in the next game the way the other guys in front of him played so far. I would like to make it clear if you're watching on YouTube and you're seeing uh, me drinking from my number one dad uh, mug. First of all, uh, accurate, I think, whenever you read the mug. Definitely, I'm the number one dad. Uh, it doesn't say it what, so I think that I could be a number one uh, dad at many things. Uh, not rum, not alcohol, just just tea. It was almost cold today, Kevin, for like two seconds. There was almost a breeze that was cold enough for me to think it was fall, and you missed it on our last Thursday podcast. I declared fall already. It is fall. Um, and so there was a breeze today. I was almost chilly, so I decided to make tea, where now I'm sweating uh, sweating it up here in the, in, in the studio. So I just want to... Well. Make that I clear. have Kirkland sparkling Italian water, the official sparkling yeah. Italian water of Corner of the Galaxy podcast. Yeah. Um, by the Get way, cheers now. I don't know where I got it. By the way, Jose does make a very, very good point. Um, one is that you are the loudest drinker and you always move during podcasts. And two is uh, they're saying, do we need to have a super chat for Baxter to button up his shirt? And I would say, oh, for, no. no, hey, don't do it. We could make money off this. I'd say for five dollars. Um, absolutely $5. We can go ahead and, and make that happen. And by the way, good, good call on the, in the chat room as well. well I, and if in, for $10, I'll take it off. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's all it takes for you. Huh? Just $10. All right, let's get to this, uh, Colorado game before we go, uh, completely sideways here. Uh, LA galaxy traveled to Colorado. Colorado was sitting at this as the number two team in the Western conference. Whenever they head there, um, the Colorado has been winning games. If everybody remembers, uh, the Rapids coming to dignity health sports park and getting a two, one victory in a game that I don't think the galaxy played very well. And Greg Vanny was certainly, I think upset with sort of how things changed. He talked a whole bunch about not shooting themselves in the foot and giving themselves a chance to win in Colorado. They knew it was going to be hot. They knew it was going to be at altitude. All these things factor in and um, you come back and you get some of these internationals who were available, not available. I mean, so some of the one of the things to read in between the lines here and one of the things that we talked about on Thursday um, was that Greg Vanny was talking about the number of players who were coming back, Kevin, and had an extended quarantine because they weren't vaccinated. Now, he didn't give any names, but he said that there were some of those players. And so we know that uh, Ryan uh, Rev, uh, Revolusan, I see uh, Revolution. Nope. Mm -mm. Nope. Ryan. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan, that dude. Why? I was fine for two weeks. I had it, and then it just goes away. Like I, I like it when it's revolution better. It, it at least made it's sense. Yeah, it was easier to say. Anyway, uh, he was not available. O'Neill Fisher was not available. Nico Hamalainen was not available. At least they didn't dress, right? We know uh, Greg has said that, that Ryan was not available. Um, and so um, when we look at that, we say, okay, uh, you know, maybe he, he's one of the players who's unvaccinated. We don't have to assume on that stuff. I'm just saying that going forward, if there's more international breaks, which is what's coming up in October, that you can expect that some of these same players that go out and come back may have longer, um, you know, quarantine issues. And it was one of the reasons that Greg Vanny quoted as putting in a five man back line and he calls it a five man back line. And anybody who wants to argue with him, uh, you can go fight him uh, as far as I'm concerned, because everybody's like, it was a three man back line. Listen, all five man back lines attack with a three-man back line. That's how a five-man back line works. It doesn't mean, look at Seattle plays a five-man back line. They play with technically two wingers who are on the outside, but it's a five-man back line, and they move forward um, in that, and they attack with those wingers coming up the side. And if you look at the average positions for all this stuff, they were certainly forward a lot, but the Galaxy also held possession in 
a lot of this game as well. So when you have possession, when you have the chances to get forward, those outside backs, Araujo and Viafania, are going to push up um, and get into the attack. The big deal, though, of course, Kevin, is that Javier Chicharito Hernandez got his first start in 12 games. Uh, his last game, I think, was June 26th against San Jose, where he, play, scored he scored two goals. Two goals. Yeah, 3-1 victory at San Jose uh, for the LA Galaxy in that game. Uh, and then the next game was the Sporting Kansas City game at home, where he came out of warm-ups and, and basically was ruled out. And it's been, I think he said 10 weeks, and it's 10 weeks and 12 games uh, where he was uh, missing. It was interesting to see him start uh, this game. I think certainly we thought that Chicharito would be coming in off the bench. Greg Vanny explained that a little bit and said, um, listen, he's been out for a while. He's been working hard. We've been getting his game fitness. He played 45 minutes in 11 v 11 scrimmage during the 14 days the Galaxy had off. So they were they were pretty well established that he could go 60 minutes in this. And if he could go 60 minutes and they wanted to start him because he is uh, Javier Chicharito Hernandez, I think a lot of people were um, were surprised to see him starting. But at the same time, it makes a lot of sense when you when you think of how they held him out, maybe a couple games extra just to make sure that he was he was, quote unquote, healed. Uh, well, this. yeah, Greg talked about that, about missing the all star game activities gave him some extra time. It would have been, you know, th those all star activities would, would have been right in the middle of that recovery. And, and I think it would have hurt him. Um, but the thing with Chicharito, I was listening to the to the, I was driving during the game. And so I was listening to when they had the Colorado feed on and the Colorado announcers were talking a lot about how Chicharito would whenever Chicharito would get the ball three or four guys, defenders would collapse on him. That's a good sign for the Galaxy. That you know, If other teams are paying that much attention to him, that means other opportunities have to open up for other people. You can't have three guys on one player and not have another player open. Uh, that's a really good sign for the Galaxy. A couple of things about Chicharito. You know, the Galaxy were one game under 500 when he was out, yet they only fell one spot in the standings. They went from third to fourth, which really – you know, it's not that big a deal at this point in the season. You know, Chicharito it, it still has, in 11 games now, has 10 goals. He's still third in the conference in scoring. I think he's tied for seventh in the league in yes. scoring. Uh, only one other player, Ola Kamara, is the only player in the league that has more goals per minute than Chicharito. Chicharito scoring a goal uh, something like every 92.8 minutes and, and Ola Kamara every 75.5 um, no other, there's no other player in the league that's anywhere close to either one of those figures. And so what it means, I think, for the Galaxy is they had the end of this playoff push and they just acquired a new striker. They just acquired a big name striker for this playoff push because they've been playing without him. They've been relatively successful. They've held serve. They're right where they need to be. And now they get him back. Look how much deeper that makes this team. All of a sudden, Grant Sear goes to the bench. They, uh, Dijon goes to the bench. Um, these are guys that are going to come off and they're they're starters, and they're going to come off late in the game. Uh, very few teams in the league can bring frontline forward strikers off the bench late in the game, uh, you know, to change the outcome. And and you saw that in Colorado, like you said, it was a very good point. Grant Sears going to go with nine minutes to play off the bench after Chicharito had come out. Yeah, and by the way, you talk about uh, whenever guys get surrounded, right? That goal comes off of a an under over, right? This was uh, Jovalich, who was then in in for Chicharito at this point, uh, checking to the ball whenever Steras had the ball at the back, and it was uh, Grand Sierra running in behind Jovalich whenever that ball was played in. It was a simple. Uh, pass from Steres to Jovalich. Greg Vanny said uh, he thought that there were more chances to do that earlier on in the game and the Galaxy didn't capitalize on that. And if you really want to be picky about this, and I told you it was a good point, right? At the beginning of this, I opened with the the the, the tying Colorado and Colorado is a good point. Greg Vanny thinks it's a good point. All the players think it was a good point. It's a good point. Um, but at the same time, 
you can go back and you can look at some of the chances the galaxy had and say they could have had more. They could have stolen some stuff, right? And there's three chances in my mind um, that sort of pop up and say, you know, this is where the galaxy had a real good chance at, at, at taking the uh, taking the thing. And I have two of three. People are going to say it's three, um, but it's two of three. Uh, for me, uh, Javier Hernandez in the 11th minute, he got across from Vasquez. It was perfectly timed. Everything was where it was supposed to be, Kevin. And when Chicharito was just outside the six yard box, he should bury that. I think he got just a little under the ball. The ball goes over the bar. But otherwise, that should have been a goal in the 11th minute. And the Galaxy created that chance, should have scored that chance. Uh, was that the header? That, that was the, the header. header. Yeah, that was the yeah. header. Uh, then there is the big chance from Kevin Cabral in the 33rd minute where he was broke. He broke away into space. Um, he was 1v1 versus uh, Yarbrough. And Yarbrough, the goalkeeper for Colorado, made the save. If he just has a little more confidence, he's able to sort of step that and sweep it over and Yarborough goes one way and he goes the other way and he just rounds the keeper and he knocks it in. He's not there yet. I still like him being in a position. And as Greg Vanny says, there's one thing you can say about Kevin Cabral is he finds he gets chances, right? And so that's one of the things that you look at that and say that was a really good chance for the Galaxy to score. There's another one that people have been harping on, which I don't... The legit one. The legit one is the one I don't do not believe was a clear as clear cut a chance as everybody says, and there was a a, a cross in, uh, and Sebastian Legette gets a header on it, and the, and the ball goes just wide, and everybody goes, "Oh, he's got to put that on frame." And I agree, it would be great if he could put it on frame. From the camera angle we had, certainly it looked like that if he tried to put it anywhere but where he did, it was going to get blocked by the defender who was standing right in front of him. So he was trying to bend that ball around a defender and still have it go in the goal. All those little things matter. Sebastian Legette is smart enough to know that there's a guy right in front of him. He's not going to hit it right in front of him at the guy. He's going to try to go around him. And sometimes those those inches, those half of an inch of where he hits it on his head can mean he misses it. It was a good position. It was a good buildup. It was one of those things where you look at the Galaxy and say, that's the way that they should have played. Um, and they got their chances, Kevin. You can't say the Galaxy didn't have their chances in this. Colorado had their chances in it. As a matter of fact, if you look at the expected goals for Major League Soccer... 1.2 to 1.2. It was a tie. I mean, there's there's this game does not scream anything but tie for me. I know that the Galaxy left some chances on. I think Colorado left some chances on the board as well. Colorado's shot selection was not good um, throughout the entire night. Uh, you know, the Barrios goals the, is sort of the one exception where they really got uh, in behind the Galaxy and stretched them. And Greg Vanny was a little upset about it. And they were talking about the five man back line. And he goes, you know, he goes, the reason we played a five man back line is so we wouldn't get stretched out in these situations. We didn't have a defensive midfielder like, uh, uh, like Ryan in there. And so we can't sit there and just, you know, and sit back. So we were trying to use the five man back line to be more stingy and take away the verticality of the game from Colorado. And that is one of the cases where Colorado got vertical, got up the right hand side. Derek Williams doesn't do a good job of pressuring on the cross. Uh, Dan Steris and Sega Koulibaly are, ch are chasing Barrios down through the middle of the road. Sega Koulibaly sort of just gives up on the play halfway through there. And the cross is literally hit perfectly. It goes just over the top of Dan Steris um, to Barrios. There's, there's, there's things that break down in this play and you can see it and it's about them getting stretched out via Fania got caught forward. Araujo got caught forward. Um, you know, Derek Williams who had to come out of this game in the second half got caught out of position a little bit and didn't get enough pressure on the actual cross itself. So there's all these things that factor into giving up that goal. And Greg Vanny says that was really what we were trying to limit. And then he goes and he goes, I hate to even say this, but we only gave up one goal. We have been giving up two and three and four goals. He goes, we only gave up one goal. So it did. It did work. It did have some effect. 
By the way, speaking of, of Leggett, I mean, here's a guy who played and made a difference in the game. You know, he, he was the guy that turned the game around in Honduras. So he plays in Honduras on Wednesday in the heat and humidity of Honduras, uh, an early morning charter flight back to Miami from there to Colorado. And then he plays in altitude, Colorado, uh, you know, just after playing that game in, in Honduras. So clearly, you know, Dan Steris is, is playing for the crest. By the way, what is that behind you? Is is that a, a full wall aquarium or is that the Milky Way? Are you outside? And is that? The- uh, it, it's probably something you ate. There's nothing behind me at all. This is just normal, normal. It's it's I, I told everybody on Monday because it's the, it's a little bit of a new setup. But, you know, if you go on Amazon and you buy one of those twenty dollar like star things that are supposed to turn your your ceiling into a star. So so uh, uh, my oldest got one. Um, and so uh, it's here. Um, hasn't been used, and so I plugged it in, and now I'm using it for for the podcast. So you know, I'm just I'm just yeah. I'm just using I, yeah, all Yeah, it stuff. looks like there's like either jellyfish or or the milk or the meteors behind you. It's you know, it's just uh, it's the cosmos. All right, speaking of cosmo, it's the cosmos behind us. It's it's what it's the maybe the soccer cosmo galaxy will pop out of that. Yeah, maybe go, it's the galaxy. That's I get it. That's perfect. See? There's the corner. But, there's the corner right there. So it's the corner of the galaxy. By the way, speaking of, of Vanny's right when he's talking about giving up more than one goal. Do you know, I didn't know this. The Colorado announcers were talking about it. Jonathan Bond has given up more goals than any goalkeeper in, in MLS this season. Uh, and his goals against average is the highest. It's 1.64, I think. He's given up 36 goals. His goals against average is also um, the highest among regular keepers. Our old friend John Kemper um, Kempen mm-hmm. has uh, is played. I think for he's with DC now. He's given up 1.73 goals again, slightly higher, but he's only played. He's only made nine starts. So, you know, at the same token though, Bond is only one goalie has made more saves than Bond. So Bond clearly has faced the most shots in the league. He's also given up the most goals. Um, I, I don't know what all that means, other than that, that perhaps the Galaxy defense isn't as strong as we think it is, because clearly. He, you know, uh, Bond is saving 74 three quarters of the shots, 75% of the shots he faces. Mm. He's just facing so many, 36 of them got past him. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard, right? It's hard to put that all into. I keep telling everybody that I think this LA Galaxy defense is better than what they've shown. Um, I've been proven totally incorrect by that so far, but I'm for some reason the way they look and the way they act, uh, it's different. I think. Quite honestly, bringing Dan Starris back into the fold is going to help. I think that uh, if Derek Williams and uh, today Greg Vanny says that they don't know the exact status of Derek Williams, he was going for a scan, but he came out in the second half with some groin pain. So they think that it might not be anything serious, but we've heard that before. Uh, And that he was going for a scan after our call today. Um, And that means, you know, basically we don't know a status outside of him, though, by the way, Kevin, everybody else should be available. This is something Javier Hernandez, who spoke to the media for the first time since uh, getting injured. Uh, This is what uh, Chicharito told everybody said, you know, we may have, uh, you know, a full team coming up on Wednesday. We haven't had a full team together and for Greg to pick from yet. Um, and Greg, Greg Vanny obviously is having to do a lot of um, nation building with all of everybody. Every single one of you has a role to play on this team. And if even if you're not on the field and even if you're not on the starting lineup, you still have a role to play. And that's what you have to do whenever you realize that they have a very busy and condensed schedule like most of the teams in Major League Soccer. Um, they have only one home game in September. Um, I asked them uh, about that today and saying, you know, do you take, do you, do you focus more on it? Cause it's your only home game. And he's like, we're all aware it's a home game. We all know we want to win our home game. Like they, we don't need to emphasize it more than that, but we're very well aware of the situation that we're about to face. Um, and the fact is that 
Kevin, there are 11 games left in the season, and that is it. Um, 11 games, and after Wednesday, there will be 10, and we could really keep going. After Saturday, there will only be nine. It'll be nine. That's but what, you know what you said? You said something really interesting earlier about, about Ryan not being able to play as the holy midfielder and how that forced Greg Vanny to use a completely different formation and strategy because one guy was missing. Ten other, The other 10 guys, or, well, 11 guys, have to do something differently, and the coach has to play differently. They have to have a different strategy. I think people assume that, like, if a Raul Rui Diaz is out or Chicharito's out, if you have to play a different way because that one guy is so talented and everything goes through him. But I don't know how many people think the absence of a defensive midfielder changes things, but maybe it does even more than than having your striker out. It just changes the way you have to approach um, the game and game planning and, and how you have to take on the opponent. And then it changes the way the opponent attacks you. One guy, it's it's – it's you know an awful lot for a guy like Greg Vanny to have to think about when he's putting these lineups together and yeah. squad rotation. All those there's going to be some squad rotation coming up too because you mentioned the one home game, but games are coming fast and furious here for the next couple of weeks. Okay. Let's let's put this into perspective though, and I want to make sure that we sort of you know we just we just get it. I just want to make sure that we get it, Kevin. Which is that 48 percent of the possession, 52 percent of the possession for the LA Galaxy on the road against the number two team. Uh, yes, Colorado got 16 shots, but just three shots on goal. The LA Galaxy had half as many, but got three shots on goal, two saves for each. The Galaxy had more passes, more passing accuracy. I mean, to date, that was one of the Galaxy's best games that they've played against a quote-unquote playoff opponent, right? And we've seen them falter before, and we've seen them shoot themselves in the foot. They did not do that in this game. They did not screw that up. By the way, those are the LA Galaxy stats. MLS has a bunch of different stats. Um, I just like to point out that every time I look at the MLS website versus anybody else's website, there's always differences and it drives me crazy and I have no idea who to trust anymore. I have trust issues, Kevin, because of the MLS website really is what I'm trying to tell you. Um, uh, the Galaxy, by the way, plays, I think, six games on the road going forward the rest of the season. So they're on the road more than they're at home. Yeah, six. Yeah, six and five. Right. So they have five. But as soon as you play the as soon as you uh, you play, that's you. They'll have four games at home remaining after this Wednesday game. Right. And then so they basically have two extra away games down the stretch for the last 10 games of that season. Does that does that pan out in the math? That you yeah, have? yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I'm looking at the schedule here. I mean, it. In a way, you can say it's favorable. They got Houston again. I think you said Houston hasn't won in like 100 years. They've won one game in their last 17. The last game that they played against Austin was the first time they won in their last 17 games. So they have Houston this Wednesday, and then they have Houston on the road. They also uh, go to Austin on the road, Mm -hmm. which is a winnable game. Yes. They do go back to altitude with Salt Lake. Mm -hmm. but uh, and they have Sporting Kansas City and Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, those are, are very close to the end of the season. They end the season with Minnesota. They play Minnesota on the road as well. Uh, it, you know, it looks to me like a really tough schedule going forward. Portland's in there. They have the home game, El Tráfico. They have Seattle. LAFC. They have Seattle, Seattle in yeah, there. Yeah. At Seattle, at Seattle um, yep. right on the turf, and they um, they play Portland at home. So that's not a turf game. But uh, you know the LAFC game that'll be an emotional game. But Landon Donovan going into the Ring of Honor, and I think fans are going to be geeked up over that. And then it's a traffic as well. Well, um, one more thing, or, or a couple more things on the Colorado, and then we'll we'll go on. And yeah, we have a bunch to talk about with that. Which is uh, one, a little nod of accomplishment to Mr. Sasha Kleshin gets his 300th MLS career game. Um, he said uh, whenever we talked to him after the game, 
Uh, he said it's more like 600 or 700 whenever you put all of his overseas games and U.S. Open Cup games and all the other games that are sort of in there. And he goes, uh, he goes, you know, I remember most of them. He goes, I can't tell you what 100 or 200 was, but if you told me the game, I bet I'd remember the game because he has one of those memories, Kevin, where he's able to sort of, oh, yeah, I remember that game. We won this game. We, what was the score? Yeah. OK, yeah. This guy and this guy scored and then this guy came down. like he's he's one of those guys who has it. The most interesting thing Sasha Kleshton said after the game, whenever we said um, it, I got the first question or first couple, there weren't that many people on our media call. Um, so I asked two questions and I said, I'm going to get to your 300, but I want to ask you about the game first. So I asked him, I go, you know, you, sort of what do you make of this? How do you sort of put that into perspective? 300 MLS games is a lot. Um, I think he's 48th in the all time MLS. Games. 49th. Yeah. 49th player to do it. Guess yeah. what? He's tied with Diego Chara and they're both at 48. So that's why that's why they're at 48. And <laughs> MLS wants to argue and say 49, but they're both at the same one. I think um, nine active player with 300 yeah and so he has 300 so, so you sort of ask him and he goes you know i have told everybody who i've ever played with and i've even told this team talk speaking about the galaxy and i'm paraphrasing a little bit but i'll get the important part right here he goes being available is a skill being available is a skill and that just if that doesn't hit home for the la galaxy and everybody who's on jonathan dos santos chicharito anybody who's routinely injured on this la get being available is a skill and he said you know over my 600 or 700 games he goes i think i can probably say that uh, i only missed maybe seven or eight due to due yeah. to injury and that whole time and he goes and listen i agree i've been lucky he goes but it's also a lot of the work that i put in to make sure that my body is ready to play every single game and that I do the things that will make sure that I stay healthy. And so Sasha Kleshin gets it. Uh, I know a lot of people want to knock him, Kevin. He's older. He's not as quick as he used to be, certainly in the midfield, all these other things. His importance of being there in the locker room to tell Julian Araujo that being available is a skill. Efrain Alvarez, being available is a skill. Saying that to these younger players is more important than almost anything he else he does on the field. And I still think he's actually a very valuable contributor on the field whenever he comes in. As, as, yeah, as he's 36 self. now. I, I hope those those young guys don't tell him, hey, shut up, old man. Go sit in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes they say that. The, the whole thing about him, memori uh, you know, the memory, I'm always astounded at athletes that can do that. Um, you know, talking to baseball players, oh, you haven't faced Clayton Kershaw in 10 years. You remember what happened the first time you saw him? Oh, yeah. Oh, two slider single over the shortstop's head. How do you remember that? You had 700 at bats this year. How does, you know, and, and I trust Sasha. I think he probably could tell yes. you every goal that he scored and how he scored it and who it was against. He's he, he's so valuable just what he does. Listen, I mean, even in this Colorado game, um, just looking at guys like Sebastian Legette, and again, Sebastian Legette has this reputation both with the U.S. men's national team and it's starting to build with the LA Galaxy that he doesn't do anything, right? That he's just out there and blah, 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 the whole deal. And certainly on the U.S. men's national team side, you've seen him have real effect to games. And I think he does that with the LA Galaxy. It's just in different ways. It's the ways he cuts down angles. And he's the one who has to track back and make runs and do. He does all the dirty work for the LA Galaxy. I know people are like, oh, well, he needs to pass the ball forward more. It's like, yeah, well, the LA Galaxy in general need to pass the ball for forward more, but they rarely make the runs. And when they do, they don't see them. Their vertical game is something Greg Vanny has been working on. So, I mean, seeing guys like Sasha Kles and seeing guys like Sebastian Legette um, who have effects on games when they come in and when they play, uh, you know, pay more attention to that because I really think that there are some 
you can learn so much by the way these guys move and, and sort of how they go about the game and, and all those fun things. So that's me on on Colorado. Kevin, you agree uh, a good point for the Galaxy on the road. But uh, Oh, absolutely. I mean, at altitude, getting getting Chicharito back. I mean, that that's big. And you, you know, you just don't run the guy out there and he plays 90 minutes and scores five goals. He has to kind of get back into it again. Sebastian Legette coming back from World Cup qualifying. I'm playing a big role. By the way, he has two goals lifetime of World Cup qualifying, both of them against Honduras. So he's he's just he's he's maybe, maybe he's the that, Honduran killer. Maybe maybe that means that on Wednesday night, Central Central American Heritage Night, which is uh, what they're celebrating, is that does that mean that this, he's going to go off because of uh, I don't know. I was trying to reach for something there. I don't. Well, know, if I don't you can just pretend like he's playing Honduras, it okay. will, it'll help. That that'll work uh, for that. So anyway, so uh, that's sort of where we sit with the game. Uh, the one surprise here, and I said that Dan Starrs actually had a very good game. Um, there's lots of people who want to argue with me about that. Kevin, you're the one who made me aw- available or, or aware of the fact that Daniel Starr is highest rated player in the game. 8.3 was his rating. He played very well defensively. Again, everybody wants to hang the uh, the goal on him. If you look, by the way, Sega Koulibaly also at a 7. So um, 8.3 for Daniel Starr Sega Koulibaly at 7. Derek Williams, a little less um, good there at 6.3. Um, there were a lot of average sort of scores. Jonathan Dos Santos with a 7.5, uh, Sebastian Legette 7.3. Javier Hernandez had a very good game at a 7.0 uh, without scoring a goal. So the Galaxy, um, I think, played uh, played very well. I think Colorado struggled a little bit. And when you look at all those things, I think that's where you sort of um, you, you get settled on 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 everything around Dan Stairs for me. How come that was a 3-4-2, a 3-4-3 rather? Because nobody knows how to put anybody in formations on any app whatsoever. And so constantly there's people getting it wrong. I mean, MLS can't do it. Would you like to see MLS's? Let's see. Does MLS have a lineup here? Yeah, there you go. So they have them in a 3-4-3. Three, four, four, three. Three. See, what does Bruce Arena say? Yeah, the formations are just a starting Don't point. Don't matter. Right? Yeah, yeah. They, do not matter. Um, here's the here's the other thing for Dan Stairs, and we told you FopMob had him rated as one of the highest ranked players. Uh, MLS also ranked him as a team of the week player as well. Remember, this is a guy who was not starting, who was not playing, um, and it was because of a coach's decision. We confirmed that for everybody. Um, this was one of those things you look at and you say, okay, Dan Stairs, you know, was maybe on the outs again. But what did I say at the beginning of the year, Kevin? I said, don't can't count Dan Stairs out. They're going to run these guys. How many, how many center backs has he survived in Major League Soccer when coaches have come in, brought in their own guys, and then all of a sudden everybody's like, oh, well, Dan's done, not playing anymore, and he'll be back. He'll it's be like back. Dave Romney when he was here too. And look, by the way, that MLS week, team of the week, 3 4 3. Yeah, it's the new it's the new four three three. Very good. <laughs> See, well, so old four four two. So so by the way, I would like to point out that uh, Marvin in our chat room says uh, that Kevin, you're an honorary uh, Salvadoran now. Uh, you got street cred because you had some pupusas with your w- w- with your new people whenever you went down into Central America. I I. Uh, over not last week and the weekend before uh, declared my love for pupusas saying I was addicted to them and I've had them almost every weekend for the last six or eight weeks. Um, not this last weekend. We were busy. It was my wife's birthday and I was like, she wouldn't let me go to the farmer's market to go get pupusas. So it was one of those things, but that's okay. I'll, I'll get, I'll get back in the groove. Did you enjoy your pupusas, Kevin? Let me tell you, I love pupusas and I've had pupusas all over LA in Salvadoran places and Mexican places. Supermercado Vallarta has really good pupusas, but as you know, I've made two trips to El Salvador this summer in June and, and just now. The pupusas in El Salvador are of a such distinctly better quality. Mm. I even had some pupusas in Honduras. Didn't match up. The ones in El Salvador are 
they're heavenly. It's just I, I can't describe it. it. Okay. It it is way you got to go down there. It's worth the flight. It's Again, worth it. yeah. Gas up the COG corporate jet. <laughs> head down there. Fly on down. All right, that sounds good. Uh, we told you about the expected goals. We told you about that. Dan Stare is making team of the week. Um, the the conference call today was interesting. Just with Chicharito coming back, um, I I will save you any of sort of the the long winded answers. And you should go listen to Chicharito talk. By the way, it's always interesting. It's always enlightening. Um, I think Larry got a one word answer out of Chicharito almost, um, which was the, I think the first time it ever happened. Uh, so it's, it's fun just to go and, and pay attention for that reason, but go to corner of the galaxy.com. We have the full call up there, uh, from today. It was also Greg Vanny talking about availability. We talked about Derek Williams and the scan and everything else. Everybody else seems like they're going to be available. So for the galaxy, uh, looking that way, one of the things though, Kevin, and it was, it was funny. I, I asked my two questions and I didn't want to get too greedy, uh, with trying to ask a third because you know, everybody rolls their eyes and, and all that fun stuff. Um, but one of the things that I have been harassed for probably the last couple of weeks, Kevin, is to find out why the LA Galaxy plays so many short corners. Right. And and it's Oh it, yeah, that was your that was your assignment. That that was that was my assignment for everybody. We were all trying to uh trying to figure it out. Um and I said, listen, I will get to it, but like you have to figure out a time to do it. You can't do it at a this is one of those things. So I was actually done with my turn and I messaged uh Vicky, uh who who's PR for the LA Galaxy, who's the director of PR for the Galaxy, and I was like, Hey, hey, I go, I have one more if you if you want to come back to me. And so she went and talked to Larry. Larry asked some questions and then she gave me a chance to ask my question. I said, Greg, I got special permission to ask this question um, about it. And he says that they think, and the reason the Galaxy are, are more about short corners than quote unquote the normal corners is because he likes to move, he likes to make defenders move, right? And he goes, if you just play a regular corner, everybody's sort of set in their zones, they're set in their spots, they're ready, and you're just playing it into a, a sort of... Uh, uh, static defensive unit, right? And so he goes, and they're they're set there and they're ready for it. He goes, so for us, because we think we have the players to uh, be able to move those guys, we want to change the angle. We want to put the ball in and we want to try to move that around. Now, um, he didn't say that the Galaxy were very successful at it. And I don't think anybody was sitting there saying, oh, well, you guys are awesome at it. That's one of the reasons that we asked the question is because the Galaxy seemed to do it a lot. And maybe there's not a lot of uh, success in that. He did say that as they go down the road here, and certainly it was even something they talked about today in their meeting. And we had about a 15 or 20 minute wait for them to come out of their meeting for this call. They were checking out tape and Greg Vanny didn't tell us everything. But he goes, that was actually one of the things we talked about was what we're going to do on corners. And he goes, and I think we've tried to simplify some of the things we do well and some of the other things, and we're changing that and how we do it. Um, and so there will be a set play now um, in terms of they have a set number of plays. There's not a whole bunch of them. There's not a lot of complexity to it. They want to do what they do well. And so we'll see whether or not that means more short corners, less short corners, all that sorts of things. So that is the... Um, that is the idea or at least the strategy from Greg Vanny about short corners. He did answer the question. He was more than happy to answer the question. I would like to see them try the Ted Lasso, you know, where they line up in the shotgun formation with the goalkeeper. Yeah, that worked. I mean, it got a goal against Man City. It, it did. <laughs> That's so I've heard, by the way, um, I thought, I think Greg thought for sure that, um, that I was going to ask him about, uh, Ted Lasso. Uh, Ted Lasso. Yeah. It was like a hundred percent. He was like, oh yeah. But by the way, you need to give more props to Vicky. You just said Vicky, the Galaxy PR person. It's Vicky Mercado. She has changed our lives. She is. <laughs> She's amazing. Uh, I do. I do love and everyone says, "Why is the Galaxy getting such good coverage this year?" And everyone thinks it's because they're winning and playing exciting soccer. No, no, it's Vicky. 
making all these people available to us. You can't write a story without talking to somebody. Yeah, exactly. hundred percent. Vicky's been awesome here. I found the, uh, the audio from Greg Vanny. Let me, let me just say, he can clear up any short corner. I don't want anybody coming back and saying, I didn't ask the question. Attempt it really. Hold on. I, I attempt it really. We'll get it one more time. Yeah. You know, for us, uh, the, sh- the short corner is an attempt that really many times is to get the opposition moving instead of just standing in their, their zones and being comfortable and attacking the ball and heading things out. Um, you know, and it's kind of an assessment at times of of how effective we think we can be if we just dump a ball in the box, and whether we think that we can out jump the opposition or or get the ball into the right spots where we can be successful. But there's a lot of times where we have we have an interesting group that can that can move the ball and create different options, and then we get the opposition on the move and having to to deal with a three versus two or a different scenario. And now they're, they're reference points to defend and all that kind of change when, when the ball has been put into play. And so uh, there's different philosophies on it. We, we will, as we move down the stretch, we'll start to settle into a very specific kind of, as we talk about it and we've been talking about playbook and simple, uh, maybe simplify a few things that we want to do as we move down the stretch. So, um, but we've tried some different things with our group just to see also what we can what we can create off of it, but how we can be most dangerous. All right, there you go. So Greg Vanny, short corners. I have done my job. I've done my duty. Uh, and uh, and the last head lasso made me cry like a little tiny girl. <laughs> uh, and I looked at my wife and she was crying. And we looked at each other and we started crying more. And Is that, I, is that the one that involved the hug? It, yeah, we it involved the hug. Well, don't, I don't okay. want to spoil anything. No, we're not going to yes, go any further. No, but we're just yes. going to stop there. I just want to make sure. I have, I, have, I am not caught up. By the way, on the corner thing, I'm going to go with Greg Vanny because he was a, a, an all-MLS uh, whatever they called defender. it back then, all of us, best 11 defender. And he knows how defenders think and he knows what makes defenders uncomfortable. And if he says it makes them uncomfortable, then I'm going to go with him. I mean, the, the counterpoint to this is that on normal corners, it's not like the galaxy are just tearing it up on stuff too. They do do so they do mix it in sometimes. Uh, somebody in the chat room says, by the way, that the galaxy need to take more shots from outside the box. Little note here, Sam Grand Sears goal. The one that tied the game was from outside first. the box. No, it's the second one. Second. Yeah. Um, I think Ryan has the first one that was from outside the box. Just, just barely by inches. Yes, yes. By the way, that whole thing with the corner, I think, changes this. Efrain's on the field. I mean, they don't have a David Beckham right now. But if Efrain's on the field, um, you know, they, they may go with a regular corner because he's so good at those delivery. I, I do kind of, again, I'm going to defer to Greg. He's, he's the coach and he's the former best 11 defender. But... I do kind of like a, a regular corner and the ball just pings around. You never know what's going to happen to it. Right. There's some there's some randomness in there. I also understand changing the angle. And there's a lot of statistics and analytics that say that if you do a short corner and actually retain the possession for a little bit, that you actually have a better chance of scoring. Now, that doesn't mean that it works. Some teams can't get it to work. But that is there is an argument between one playing out of the back with that, retaining possession, being able to build and build through that. That's one of the reasons teams will continuously play out from the back and that they don't see it as a risk overall. Um, and so, uh, that's, that's one of those things. And then changing the angle. Um, I, I understand where they're getting it. It's just, you would like to see them be more productive. And when they have the bigger bodies like Sega Koulibaly, Derek Williams, whenever you can get Dan stairs in there as well, when you can get the taller players in there, then there is a height advantage sometimes for the yellow galaxy to just put it in the box and play it in there. So all of those things make sense. Uh, I'm not a big hater on the short corner. Although, um, I do think that any player that does not get the ball over the first defender on a corner kick should have to do push-ups on the field immediately. Well, and the Galaxy do not have guys that are great on delivery on on 
uh, set pieces. I mean, not as they have in the past. If you see people that do it really well, and I'm thinking on the women's national team, Megan Rapinoe was amazing. She had an Olympic goal in in, in the Olympics. Yes. And then we had David Beckham here with the Galaxy before. There are guys that you'd see them do that, and you're just like, wow, that's incredible. And then when it's not done correctly, as you say, if they can't even get it over the first line of defense, what's the point? Yeah. Might as well play it short at that at that point. That, that drives me crazy. That's whenever I lose it. All right, let's get to um, the LA Galaxy schedule for this week. We already told you uh, they were training today on Monday. They will train again on Tuesday. And when we say train, that Tuesday is a walkthrough. Uh, Greg Vanny already sort of lamented the fact that with these condensed schedules, you're not going to get a lot of time to train. Uh, you're not going to get a lot of time to work on things. It's basically recovery, walkthrough, game. Recovery, walkthrough, game. That's how everything's going to go uh, for the LA Galaxy here. You look at uh, the game on Wednesday night against the Houston Dynamo. The game's on Spectrum. From Sportsnet, 7.38 p.m. Pacific time kickoff. So look for that. Then the LA Galaxy will go and have a recovery day on Thursday. They will train on Friday. Again, a walkthrough on Friday morning. Friday afternoon, they'll travel to Minnesota. That game, 5.30 p.m. Pacific time on Spectrum Sportsnet coming up in Minnesota um, on Saturday. So a, a busy week for the LA Galaxy, and certainly the, the training schedule reflects that. And uh, we'll sort of see how the LA Galaxy do. We've talked about the schedule as well, Kevin. You have Houston on Wednesday night. You have way to Minnesota, you're away to Austin, away to RSL. I mean, uh, I want everybody to be very well aware of what the possibilities are for this September schedule. And this September schedule could be very ugly for the galaxy, right? You get a point in Colorado. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt right now, Kevin, and we can talk a little bit more about it, but let's give them the benefit of the doubt. The galaxy get a win against the Houston dynamo. They should win. That's what we're expecting. We'll talk about that game here in a little bit more away on the road to Minnesota. Beat them last time. Can you beat them again? Minnesota went away to Seattle, lost to Seattle in Seattle. Nobody's really that surprised, but they're a good team, but they've been struggling a little bit now. Now they're starting to hit the same skids that maybe the Galaxy have hit. But so, they're very good at home. They are very good at home, and, and the Galaxy winning last time was was really good. But let's say you can't beat Minnesota, then you don't get any points in Minnesota. You go to Austin. Yes, it's on the road. Yes, it's a difficult game. Austin is not a good team. You should be able to get a point, or possibly this is where you get your three points on the road. For sh- This is the best chance the Galaxy have for a road three points in the month of September, you go to Austin, you try to get three points there, but if you can't, you can only get a point, right? Okay, well now you're, you don't have that many points in September. Things are going to start cascading for the LA Galaxy where they need some results here. And we already talked about the imbalance between home and away games, Kevin. There is some real importance put on that Austin game, this Houston game, and that game at RSL three days after the Austin game. That is a ridiculously tough game and getting a point out of that would be an amazing turn for the LA Galaxy. You know, that game in Colorado, you keep talking about how important that point was, was a good point. You know, Colorado was playing. They went into that game with an opportunity to take over first place in the conference. If Seattle had drawn or, or, or lost and they beat the Galaxy. So Colorado was was loaded for bear. I mean, they were that, that was an important game to them. So, you know, the, any idea that maybe Colorado took them lightly or, or the Galaxy, you know, didn't play up to where they should have been. That was a really good point. But when if you pull out a map and look at these next three road games, it's like, what drunken schedule maker do this up? You're going to go all the way up to Minnesota. Yes. Then you get to come back because you have a week. You come back. Then you're going to go down to Austin. Yep. Then you're going to go back up to RSL. Yep. I'd like to have the frequent flyer miles for that uh, little three-game trip. You don't get frequent flyer miles on charters, Kevin. It's not like they have a punch card for it. That's not how it works. Only on the, Only whenever they fly coach 
on Southwest do they get all of those travel points, um, you know, for it? So, yeah, I mean, quite honestly, if I'm the players union, I'm upset right now. You're not getting all those uh, those frequent flat, all those rewards, all those drink coupons you could be getting. And the and the Marriott Knights. See, they're 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 totally missing out. Um, so that's your September schedule. And when we look at the standings and let's let's do that real quick, because interesting point here. Uh, the LA Galaxy are, th- are tied for their lowest point of the season in the Supporter Shield. They're at seventh. In the third week of the season, Kevin, they were at seventh. Uh, this is where they sit right now. 37 points, one point behind Orlando. Nashville with 41 points. Colorado with 42 points. Kansas City with 43 points. Seattle with 45 points. Look how gr- everybody's just grouped right there in the Supporter Shield. And but, then New England with 55. Yeah, let's not... I, I don't want to just gloss past New England. I mean... Holy cow, is Bruce Arena, is he just great or what? When he took over the Galaxy, they were terrible, and he had them in the MLS Cup final the next year. Look at New England. When he came in, they were horrible. What's he been there two full seasons now? This is his second full season, and they're running away with it. They got 17 wins. No one else is even close. Um, What an amazing coach. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember whenever uh, I was, I was, I think you and I were talking about the possibility of him coming back to the LA Galaxy after the after they had parted ways with Guillermo Barrascolodo, and whether or not there was any chance of that, or even I think whenever they were trying to hire Guillermo, whether Bruce would come back and fix things, and everybody was saying, "Don't worry, don't worry, the LA, you know, the the Bruce is so old, like he's old school, he doesn't know how to coach an MLS 3.0, he can't do it." Why would you say that to somebody like Bruce Arena? He's going to go out there and he's proven a point now. 17 wins, 2.2 points per game, 55 total points. They are absolutely in the weaker conference. Chicharito even said it. He says, I think the Western Conference is the best conference. He goes, I, he goes, that's just my opinion. Um, but they're in the week, but they are winning the games. They're winning games on the road. They're winning games at home. They are 7-3-3 three, and three on the road, Kevin. Seven wins on the road. Uh, only Seattle has seven wins on the road. Uh, and it looks like, if I'm doing my math correctly, that New England has played more games on the road than Seattle. Um, so it's just, they have, they have, uh, they've really elevated things and they're going to cruise through that Eastern conference. Maybe Nashville, uh, I think they've already played them twice, by the way. I think that they, uh, tied them once and, and beat them once. Uh, if I'm, if I'm uh, not mistaken. So there is some challengers on the, on that Eastern conference, but when you look at the galaxy sitting at seventh, that's the lowest point they've been. This this September is going to be a real tester for this LA Galaxy um, to try and figure out exactly but, where they are. Are, are the LA Galaxy at top way, four? Be, but by the way, you should be happy that that Greg Vanny is here as a Galaxy fan. Greg Vanny's doing a great job. But I do know for a fact that uh, in between the end of the Ziggy Schmidt era and the beginning of Guillermo, Bruce really wanted to come back, and and he was uh, in conversations with the Galaxy. I don't know how far down it got. I don't know if they even talked about the job. I know that privately Bruce wanted to come back. So, you know, Greg, that it's great that Greg Vanny's here, but, um, you know, maybe the Galaxy could have skipped the two Guillermo Barros-Scalotta years if they brought Bruce back. Don't worry. I heard today that um, they were looking at uh, Columbus and Columbus's record and Columbus is struggling and they have some injuries and a whole bunch of things. And this year has not lived up to the year that I think that they thought they were going to have after winning an MLS Cup. Right. They expected to be back in there. Well, there were some people who were even questioning whether or not Caleb Porter's job could be on the line because of the performances that are sort of coming. And this is a guy who's one year removed from an MLS Cup. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, it's all of these things can change very rapidly. Um, and I know a lot of LA galaxy fans were like, man, Caleb Porter was sitting at the Lakers game. He was on the sideline yeah. and he was almost an LA galaxy coach and he could have been leading the LA galaxy to MLS cup. It's just, 
it's, hey, you got to catch lightning in a bottle and you better ride it as far as you can. The only person I can see uh, so far in MLS that I've followed is is Bruce Arena able to sort of manufacture lightning in a bottle. Everybody else just has to sort of catch it and hold on for a little what, bit. What, what do you think it is? I mean, he is he's smart. Yes, I know that. He's got this acerbic personality. Some people hate him. Some people love him. I actually kind of like him. Um, some people say he's hard to work with. I thought he was funny. When you look and you talk to him, it, there's nothing that jumps out that says, aha. With Greg Vanny, I kind of get it. Yep. You, you see this energy and this confidence mm-hmm. and this, you know, um, with Ted Lasso, you get it, the positive energy. Right. You can see why these guys are successful. <laughs> I look at Bruce and I just, I, what is it? I, I forget, I forget who it was. It may have been Kyle Martino or something like that. And he said, you know, that Bruce brought him into the, onto the boss and says, Hey, you know, you're trying to be like, like this person. And he goes, stop trying to be like that person. Just try to be like more like Kyle Martino. It's like, I mean, if that isn't a Ted Lasso thing, by the way, I yeah. think Bruce is more Ted Lasso than we like to really uh, pretend uh, whenever you whenever you pay attention to it. But yeah, it's just, um, you know, Bruce Arena, what he's doing in the Eastern Conference is amazing. And I think that, um, you know, the Western Conference team that's probably going to meet them. Uh, I, I, I imagine New England can still get through the through the through the playoffs on the Eastern Conference side. I still I have a question. I, to me, my my favorite is going to be Nashville on that on that Eastern Conference side. But I I know I'm going up against the actual favorite. I want the little bit of the well, dark horse. Nashville for me the, is that. The, if Bruce makes it through at December 11th MLS Cup final, uh, it's going to be snowing in New England. So, by the way, speaking of coaches, one last point I wanted to make because this was interesting. I, I got a chance to fly on the um, on the U.S. national team charter back from Honduras, and so I spent some time in the airport with Greg Berhalter. In fact, I was standing against the wall trying to stay out of everybody's way. And Greg Berhalter walks up, Kevin, how's it going? And he just, he engages me in conversation and asked me questions about what I saw and what stadium did I like better? And what did I think about the fans in El Salvador versus Honduras? And he was interviewing me and it was, and we talked about a lot of different things for about a half hour, but, and then in Miami waiting at the luggage claim for the bags to come out, I got the chance to in, in Honduras and in Miami observe him with his team. Um, it's he's got a really interesting dynamic um guys will walk up to him and joke with him he'll walk up behind a guy put his arm around him and kind of tell him you know whisper a joke in his ear and you know it's like they're buddies and that probably works because it's a very young team yeah um but i I just wonder how how does he walk that fine line in team meetings when he has to suspend a weston mckinney how does that happen because he has to have their respect he, he, but at the same token, he likes to be their friend. Too. He's known as, as a player's coach. I mean, I think I think Bruce Arena is known as a player's coach, too. There's they, they have that common thread. And Burt Halter is a disciple of Arena, right? I mean, we know he played for the LA Galaxy. We know he's one of the first player coaches in Major League Soccer. Uh, Gave you your first scoop ever? That's right. We've talked about that before as well. So, I mean, you look at Greg Burhalter and and what he has done um, and, and sort of compare him to what Bruce Arena, I, I can kind of see it. I honestly, I think Vanny might be a player's coach as well. I know he, maybe he doesn't get that moniker as much, but he seems to be a little bit of a player whisperer. He seems to be able to, again, he does have every single person on this team believing that they are an important and integral part of the, of this, of, of this, you know, run for the galaxy this year. And that's not all that has definitely not been the case in the last four years for all the coaches that were there. Um, by the way, uh, Anthony gave us a $5 super chat says, Hey, Josh and Kevin, will the uh, galaxy go into the playoffs in the fourth seed? Or you guys think maybe they'll move up one or two spots for the playoffs. Do they move down one or two spots for the playoffs? Kevin, can the galaxy get a top four finish, which would mean a home playoff game for them? I think they potentially can stay where they are. I mean, Colorado ahead of them sporting Kansas city, I don't think they're going to catch Seattle, but I think they could catch those two. However, uh, and uh, the schedule makes it really, really tough. 
Um, I, I don't see any, you know, Portland, Minnesota, Salt Lake. I don't see any of those teams catching catching the uh, Galaxy. I think fourth is a real comfortable spot for them. They should be looking forward, not behind. But I just don't think the schedule is favorable enough for all those road games do, to do, allow them to, to move up. Do you want to hear my argument for possibly moving up? Is that Colorado has a game in hand, which means that they have to play another game in a condensed schedule in the amount of time that everybody is sort of that everybody has to finish off the season. That means one more. So Colorado has twelve games to play instead of eleven, and that at this point, with the schedule the way it is down the stretch, is a disadvantage, not an advantage, as far as I'm concerned. Yes, it's in their hands. Yes, they have a chance to pick up more points on that upper one, but it's also a very good chance for them to drop points whenever it's difficult time with all these games. That is another 90 minutes that they're sandwiching into the last, you know, X number of weeks before we're, we're done here. So, so if you look at that schedule, if it, it season ended right now, LA would get Portland at home. I like that game. I think that's a good matchup and, and we'll go from there. Here's another question. Who's coach of the year? Is it Robin Frazier or is it Greg Vanny? I mean, right now I would vote, probably vote for Robin Frazier. Um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I probably would too. I mean, great. It, you know, it, it, when you look at what happened when he was at Chivas, I mean, he's really turned the team around. He's had an extra year. Greg Vanny's done it this season. Robin Frazier had part of last year right. with COVID and everything else. So that, that factors in too. Actually he had, yes, last year was a, a full season. He had part of 2019 came in at the end of 2019. I, I, I let's put it this way. Whoever finishes higher in that Western conference is going to have a real good chance, whether it's Greg Vanny or it's um, uh, Robin Frazier. I just, Robin Frazier is doing it without any, any big names, Kevin. I mean, to to me, that is something he has everybody playing. I mean, Greg Vanny tips his hat to Robin Frazier and obviously uh, they're very good friends and they really like each other and they, they, they really have a lot of respect for each other and you can see, but I mean, you look at what Colorado has done. It's, it's an interesting thing. And yeah, yeah. And Vanny did go out and get a lot of guys. I mean, he, he's got the big name guys, but they spent money. They got a lot of imports. I think Colorado, largely right, has the team it ended last season with, for the most part, the core of it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's 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 going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting race coming down. Um, I think Sporting Kansas City uh, possibly can take some step backwards and they have uh, already played 24 games. Um, so they have one more than the LA Galaxy, which means that they'll they'll also have one less game to play. But they already have that points. They're already at 43. They're already sort of in there. It feels to me, obviously, you look at this 45, 43, 42. That's Seattle, Kansas City and Colorado. It's a much bigger climb for the Galaxy. Six points to try to f- make up on Colorado over this stretch. Um, but if you're if you're looking at those standings, the Galaxy got to move up two spots because I I I would not want to play Minnesota in the first round. Well, I mean, I, listen, that bottom half there with LAFC at thirty points, Salt Lake at thirty points, Minnesota at thirty one, Portland at thirty three. I don't know that Portland is safe. I certainly don't think Minnesota is safe. Um, I think Vancouver could play their way back into the the playoff positions. I think LAFC is going to find themselves in a playoff position, although they have a LAFC difficult schedule. Has six- Six of their next eight games on the road, and they're look at their road record; they're terrible. Yeah, so I mean that's a, that's a disadvantage, but that you know this is when the the Galaxy, this is when LAFC, this is when they can make their moves. This is what it's about, um, and this is the time it has. And Patrick in the chat room has has always said um, that uh, the playoffs have already started, and he's not one hundred percent wrong. Uh, he said it to me like a couple a couple shows ago as well. The playoffs have already started. This is it. With 11 games, you are in now playing playoff teams. You're playing playoff games. The fact is you got to go against a bad team in, in Houston that has a lot of uh, momentum behind them right now. And so, I mean, that's that's the focus. Just 
just focus everything. The three points is huge at home. You need to get three points. The Galaxy have not been able to get three points at home in their last two home games. You need to get three points. These are not must wins, Kevin, and we will say, and I hate the must win because it's not even what you always say, Kevin, which is, you know, if you say it's a must win and you don't win, then where do you go from here if it's not really a must win? To me, mathematically, it's not a must win, but this puts you in such a better position. Get three points, pick it up, continue on uh, because the games that you play in Minnesota is difficult. The games you play, you know, in Austin is not going to be easy. It's the most winnable road game they have, but it's not easy. And then but going to RSL at the end of that is just a nightmare scenario for the galaxy. Yeah, needing and, points. And, the, and, and the Minnesota and real Salt Lake game. I think this is the second time they played real Salt Lake in one of those three game road trip thingies. Um, those games with the contenders, Minnesota, uh, uh, Salt Lake, Portland, those are six-point games. Yeah, yeah, they absolutely are. And, and again, I think there's SKC and Seattle in here too. The Galaxy will have a chance to keep them from getting points and to take some points back if they hit their stride, Kevin, if you can get the same Chicharito that comes back. And what are the chances, by the way, that Chicharito can regain the hot form he had, 10 goals in 10 games, hasn't played for 12, 12 games now. What are the chances you get him back scoring goals the way he was? I mean, it looked good. On Saturday, he was making the runs. Clearly, he's not 100% game fit, but also getting Jovalich in there and being able to pair with him. There are some options here. The Galaxy have not shown us what they can do. Chicharito today said, uh, I don't think we've scratched the ceiling or the surface. Neither of those in terms of how the LA Galaxy, how good the LA Galaxy So they're kind of in between there. Yeah, they, th- thinking ahead to November with Chicharito's calf problem, even if he's great and 100%, I don't know if you play him on the turf in Seattle that close to the playoffs. It'll do chance. It'll depend, Kevin. If you can if you can take points, if that means something, if that means a fourth place for you, then you But then not having Chicharito possibly hundred percent for the playoffs. I mean it's a gamble. Yeah, but yeah, but do you wanna have a home playoff game or do you wanna go on the road? The LA Galaxy haven't had a home playoff game since twenty sixteen, if I remember correctly. Um so and that's whenever there were two leg playoffs. Um, yeah, that was Colorado was the last team they played in the playoffs and they lost in penalty kicks in Colorado in Colorado. That's right. Um, so, yeah, that's where we uh, that's where we're at. That's where we sit. All right. Let's get to this uh, Houston game. And again, we've sort of been previewing it as we've been going along. Um, can I can I just bring up one chart? Let me bring up one chart before we go anywhere. I have one chart. I promise it'll just be this. Oh, one. there's the uh, New York skyline again. It is. And uh, if you this is my favorite one after 23 games, the LA Galaxy have 37 points. If you look, this team is mirroring 2019 so much. Um, almost all the turns they the they've even started struggling here in the last like four or five games even the 2019 team started struggling the last four here's the thing with the 2019 team remember they they got like that last position in the playoffs and they sort of snuck in the galaxy have the the 2021 galaxy have a chance to be just with a couple wins out of this last stretch that sort of goes be better than that 2019 team and can really secure that fourth spot so as much as we've been telling you, it's been looking like the 2019 team this entire season. It continues to do it, even with the downturn that we've seen. Winless in their last four, the LA Galaxy haven't won in their last two home games. Um, these are all things that you have to keep an eye on whenever you're looking at the LA Galaxy and what they're trying to do. But I wanted you to see that 2019 right now is the closest thing I can sort of find to how well they match up. Yes. Go back to that chart again. Okay, I will find it right here. Okay, so second from the right. Or yeah, from the right, second one in next to the between the gray and the blue. Uh-huh. What happened? What happened? That that building get 
torn down? It, it I got nothing in that on, space. Only 22 games in 2020, the shortest MLS season in history. Okay. So that's why it's gone. Okay. So yeah, we, I, in that space, I would like to put a bodega or maybe pupusaria in there. Now that you've torn that building down, I'm sure they're going to put a Starbucks. There's some. There's some. Uh, Probably. Yeah, that's that's usually maybe a Starbucks put. with pupusas. That would be awesome. Hey, I'm I'm all for that. I'll certainly. Oh no, you can't do that. That's gentrif- gentrification. You can't do it. So we're not going to no. know. Maybe mm-hmm. affordable housing. Affordable housing is a good idea. 2020 definitely needed something uh, to to boost them. All right, uh, let's get you ready for this LA Galaxy game. Uh, coming up against the Houston Dynamo. We told you 7.30 p.m. is whenever the uh, broadcast will quote-unquote start. Technically, it'll start about a half an hour before that whenever Spectrum Sportsnet uh, does all their coverage leading up to it. Uh, you're going to see that uh, the LA Galaxy are 11, 8, and 4, 37 points, fourth in the Western Conference. The Galaxy are winless in their last four games. It's the longest streak of the year where they have not won a game. Uh, Houston, 4, 10, and 10. That's right. 10 losses, 10 draws, 22 points, 12th in the Western Conference. Uh, Dynamo have one win in their last 17 games and haven't won a game on the road all year. Uh, Houston is coming off one of their best games. Greg Vanny was actually talking about it. He said, you know, this is a team that has a horrible record and they look the best they have looked all year against Austin. 3 nothing win over Austin. That started, by the way, because they scored a goal in the first minute. Uh, so I think if you're looking at success, ways to be successful in Major League Soccer, Kevin, the best way to do it is not allow a goal in the first minute. I that's just off the top of my head. I'm I'm not an expert, but I I play one on TV. Um, wow. that seems like Look a good thing. Standings. I, I just when you were saying that Austin is last, thirteenth. Yes. Houston is twelfth. Yes. Dallas, Dallas is 11. Is 11. Yes. So another, if you want to be a winning team, don't put your franchise in Texas. Texas. I was going to say Texas getting all the L's this year. Um, Go- so Governor far. Abbott helping out there. Probably. Uh, the, the best thing that uh, came out of Texas so far is, is uh, Ricardo Pepe. Uh, and, and I think, I think that us men's national team fans should really thank the LA galaxy for getting Ricardo Pepe. Getting his started, started. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's what things. Uh, Josh hat cannot jinx it. Aaron, Aaron in the chat room, Josh is jinxing it. He's saying it, you know, the whole deal. No, I can't jinx it. That's impossible. Nothing I say has any effect on the LA galaxy whatsoever. Uh, if the LA galaxy want to go and lose this game against Houston, that's on them. Uh, but anyway, this is what you, you see sort of from this Houston team. They are not a good team. They have not been a good team. They have not played good soccer. Nothing about them has really indicated that they're even capable of playing this year in Major League Soccer. Uh, Tab Ramos, the coach, is uh, is is under fire. They have all sorts of things um, that are sort of under fire for, for Houston. They're going after the owners. There's a whole bunch of upset. Uh, they had talked about one of the MLS shows that's in the UK talked about things that have happened uh, since... Houston won a game. Unfortunately, that that bit gets tossed whenever they beat Houston um, or excuse me, Austin three to nothing. Yeah. Um, So when you see all of that going, I mean, you sit there and look at the LA Galaxy who will have, quote unquote, the most available team they've had, whether or not Derek Williams plays or not. If Derek Williams doesn't play, you can expect Dan Starris, I believe, to come back into that center back spot again with Sega Koulibaly. They'll probably play four in the back. You'll get Nico Hamelainen back, which I think if you're looking for a switch off between Jorge Villafania and and Hamelainen, that could happen there. Um, So there's a lot of things that line up for the LA Galaxy. Chicharito back, Jovan, uh, 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 Dejan Jovalich, uh, and, and Chicha haven't played together and that's a possibility as well so there's a lot of things that are positives heading into this houston game and in my mind galaxy cannot lose this game this is the one game so far this year that i say absolutely 100 they have to win this game and the only reason is that this is their only chance at a home game in september they don't have another chance you need three points you need to move up or at least try to stay with that top three pack that's starting to separate six points now between the la galaxy and colorado you have to stay with that top pack and not fall back into that bottom pack that's down below Kevin, you don't want to be fighting for 
for fifth and sixth and fourth and that you want to be fighting for one, two and three. And if you end up at fourth fighting for one, two and three, that's a better scenario for the galaxy. Well, Houston has not been the same since they got rid of AJ De La Garza. I mean, clearly, if you look at the history of the team, uh, I same could be said for the LA galaxy. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Jovalich, I, I don't see Jovalich starting until Chicharito can definitely go 90 minutes. I, th- I just think he's the he's the the Chicharito off the bench. So I don't see I, I yes, at some point they're going to be paired and they're going to be dynamite together. But right now I think you keep in my mind you keep Jovalich on the bench and, and probably start Grand Sierra or, or or Cabral next to Chicharito. It's uh it, it's very it's going to be so, this is going to be fun. I, and you know, like I said, uh for for a guy who was absolutely uh, exhausted from playing, uh, from going to four games and six, you know, in four out of six games at home in uh, in last month in August. And now you're in September, and there's one game out of five, you know, at home. That type of thing. Um, it's it's going to be nice to be back at the stadium. Uh, Central American Heritage Night, as we told everybody. Uh, so make sure you're there for that. There's, they got some things going on with uh, with AFJA as well. So there's a special AFJA ticket price that you can get in there as well. Uh, price range of twenty five to fifty dollars is sort of what I saw whenever I clicked on the link. Uh, the LA Galaxy ticket office, by the way, is throwing the kitchen sink at everybody and everything. Uh, and they're trying to get every deal. There's college uh, deals out there. If you if you're a college student, there's multi game packs. There's the 2021 stretch run ticket packs they're trying to do everything to get the attendance back up kevin because as we've seen there has been a, a, a struggle for the la galaxy to get get seat uh butts and seats yeah you didn't say you didn't notice that i said yovelich correctly that was i'm proud of myself you, you're proud that was, that, that was that was your big that was your big takeaway from everything still huh? haven't got Zalatan's last name correct that's okay i don't i don't think you need to work on that one anymore um, so a- again, that's sort of where we sit. Uh, it's also kick childhood cancer month in MLS. So look for those warmups beforehand. Um, and I think they have the yellow and white balls as well. So that would look a little different as you, uh, as you head to the stadium and, and do that. So, um, I don't know, Kevin, I, the galaxy win this game, right? I mean, there's no way they can't beat Houston at home. There's that. Otherwise you have to ask some serious questions about this galaxy team, right? But remember Houston was the one that kept them out of the playoffs a couple of years ago. Uh, Houston always seems to play them tough at home. Ever, yeah, I I just can't. I can't this time. You, like, even my roulette, you know, I have my roulette uh, theory, which is what I tried to use against Colorado. It didn't work. Um, but what I will say is that um, even my roulette wheel, which is if it keeps coming up black, you know it's going to hit red, right? Even though the odds are exactly the same every single roll, you know it's going to hit red. Well, Houston just hit red the last time. They, they, don't have, they don't have anything left to play in there. So now, really, they should regress back to their quote-unquote mean, which is them losing. That's, oh, I can't so they're going to come in all cocky, like, oh, we beat Austin. We can take on these Galaxy guys. <laughs> yeah. No problem. I'm sure that's what they did. They looked at the standings and said, oh, we beat Austin. We're the best team in Major League Soccer. We'll take them on. But you They're know, the best team in Texas right now. They, they, well, I mean, not really. FC Dallas is the best team in Texas because they're in, they're above Houston in, in the standings. So, um, we'll, we'll let that one go. Uh, I think that's it. Anything else that you, that you think we need to discuss before we get on out of here? I had no offers to take the shirt off. Maybe I'll just do it for free. Yeah, please don't. Please don't. <laughs> we'll, that, I'll have to pay everybody um, for, for sure. So, um, yeah, this is where we're at. LA Galaxy versus the Houston Dynamo coming up 7.30 p.m., 7.38 p.m. Kickoff time. Spectrum Sportsnet is where you can find it. Kobe Jones uh, and Joe Dottino and, and Nikki K on the sidelines should be your call. Um, I'm sure they'll have people in the studio who I don't approve of, but, you know, that'll be fun, too. I wonder who that would be. I... <sighs> Whatever happened to Dan Kennedy? Mm, Dan, I, he's, I'm sure he's around somewhere. I'm sure he's doing stuff. Maybe maybe he has, an, maybe he has another podcast <laughs> going on. Um, but that's where we're at. All right. Uh, if you are, let's see, I'm done. You're done. All right, let's go. We're both done. Okay, good. Uh, if you're looking Houston's for, done. Yeah, if you're looking for Kevin on Twitter, it's at KBaxter11. Head on over to KBaxter11. 
Find him on Twitter and then LATimes.com is where you can find all of his writing. Always U.S. Men's National Team, Women's National Team, two teams in L.A., all sorts of soccer everywhere. You can check it out on LATimes.com. All right, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Guessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast, cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a story from Larry going up in the morning. We have the video from the media call out there as well, and we'll have you ready for the game coming up. At, Houston, or at home versus Houston, 7.30 p.m. kickoff time on Wednesday. All right, hopefully we'll see you out at the stadium. If not, for Mr. Kevin, the Panda Baxter, I'm Josh Patogesman. You've been listening. You've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.